Jesus today speaks of an act of desperation. If your hand or eye or foot was what caused you to sin, you could cut it out and be rid of it, and it would be a small price to pay to get to heaven. But sin is not in your hand or foot or eye. It is in your heart, and you can't cut that off. What can we do? My old sinner in me doesn't want to think about this. That old stinker in me would rather just learn to cope with sin and pray to a God who wants me to be healthy and feel good about myself. Instead, in today's text, I have a God who crushes me that he might make me alive. Alive to be an agent of Christ's love into this world. Welcome to the Sand Hills Lutheran Ministry Podcast. I am Pastor John Edding. The title of this sermon on the 18th Sunday of Pentecost is A Cup of Cool Water. This is a sermon on Mark 9, verses 38 through 50. Thanks be to God. Let's get to the sermon. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. John, one of the apostles, said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he was not following us. So let's get this straight. Um, There's this guy who not only tried to cast out demons in Jesus' name, like the disciples tried earlier and failed, but he, this unnamed exorcist is actually successful. He did something that the disciples could not do themselves with the mute spirit who had a child in its clutches. Oh, the irony. A satirical take on the disciples might go something like this. Jesus, this guy casts out demons in your name. Yes, these demons are no longer harassing and tormenting people. And yes, these demons can no longer throw helpless people into the fire, into the water. And yes, these demons can no longer cause people to speak in bizarre tongues and cut themselves and have crazy strength that they can break iron chains and then live in cemeteries. But good news, sir. Good news, since he is not one of us, we tried to stop him from casting out demons in your name. Jesus, you should be proud of us and so happy of us. We have been listening so closely that we know it would be better for them to remain in the demonic hostage situation than to be free. In your name. Was Jesus happy? Yes? No? (laughs) Not at all. But he didn't chew him out because Jesus is gracious. This is a teaching moment. He says, do not stop him for no one who does a mighty work for my name's sake will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. For the one who is not against us is for us. The whole point of this text, all the way to the very end, 
is this. Persecution is going to happen. You will be salted with fire. That's what that means. Don't be the cause of it. Be at peace with one another. And then from verse 38 to verse 50, it talks about don't get in the way of other people following Jesus. So one of the ways that we get in the way of other people following Jesus is our own controlling nature. Verse 41, Jesus said, For truly I say to you, whoever gives you a cup of water to drink, because you belong to Christ, will by no means lose his reward. The one who is not against us is for us. And if they give us even a cup of cold water, because we belong to Christ, they will not lose their reward. I have my bottle of water here. Water is essential to life. It, it could literally save a life, perhaps mine, perhaps yours, perhaps someone that you, you give it to. And when it's served cool, mm, it refreshes the thirsty one. And I would like to let this bottle of cool water, I don't trust myself with a cup of cool water here because I might knock it off, <laughs> but I would like to let this bottle of cool water be a stand-in. A stand-in for what? A stand-in for the nature of God's kingdom, that it is uh, the giving and receiving nature of God's kingdom. I am the recipient of blessings from some and the conduit of blessings to others. Sometimes you receive the cup of cool water from someone and sometimes you are the giver of the cup of cool water. And you and I have a strange ability to deny the blessings that we receive. It might go something like this. Oh, you want to give me a cup of cool water? Oh, oh no, 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 here, um, uh, here, let me get my billfold out. Let me pay for that. Let me pay for that. Um, it's free? No, oh, it's okay. Um, I, don't, I don't need it. Why do we do that? Why do we do that? Is it because we don't want to be beholden to, one, uh, uh, to, to someone? Do we say, oh, no, 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 because we, to the cup of cool water, because it would reveal that we are needy, that we're the needy person. Someone saw that need and gave us a cup of cool water, and then we refused it, though. Why do we do that? You know, we are in danger of getting in the way of someone and someone who is following Jesus by refusing this cup or bottle of cool water. Jesus is saying in the first part of this text, take the cup, don't worry. You don't have to pay that person back. I will reward them. 
You know, you and I also have the stranger ability to deny a cup of cool water to others. Uh, again, a cup of cool water blessings, whatever that blessing might be, we have the ability to deny that by refusing to pass it on to someone or, you know, asking, um, demanding payment for it. Again, we get in the way of that person who was following Jesus when we do something like that. So Jesus calls you and he's calling me to another way of being, both humble in my reception, to receive like a child, and generous in my giving, valuing the little ones as Jesus does. In our relationship with God, we receive his gifts and we can only extend the hand of faith. That's really a great picture of what faith is, just extending that hand of faith and receiving those gifts. Now, you are the child that Jesus values in verse 42. And the cup of cold water in this instance is given to us. And the blessed one who does not lose his reward is none other than Jesus. You are his reward. And he gives us a shot of cold water in our baptism. And it's in our baptism where the old man nature in us is slayed, is crushed. That old man would cling to us and you cannot, this old man who cannot go to heaven But God in our baptism has united us to Christ in the cool waters of our baptism, his death and his resurrection for the forgiveness of our sins and raising raising us up from that font then as a new man, raising us up from the font as a new woman who belongs in heaven. You are precious to him. Now I think Jesus might have said to his disciples and to us, hey, Relax. This is not a competition. (laughs) Persecution is going to happen. You're going to be salted with fire. Don't be the cause of it. Be at peace with one another. And don't get in the way of other people who are following Jesus. Receive the cool, cool cup of water blessing that I give you through others freely. And then generously give that cup of cool water blessing to the little ones, that is, whoever is in need. In the next section, you'll see that of our text, Jesus ups the stakes. We're still talking about the central point of the text, which is not getting in the way of others who are following Jesus. In the second part of the text, Jesus points out how our sin gets in the way of others who follow Jesus. In verse 42, you get this verse with the great millstone. The Greek right there literally means the millstone that is donkey-sized. The donkey stone. Can Can you imagine? Jesus said that it would actually be better instead of you causing a child or a weak person in the faith to trip, to stumble in their faith, 
or to fall out of their faith, that it would be actually better for you to take and for your life and your time and energy, it would be better for you if you went to the closest mill, got the big stone that only a donkey can push, then roll it down the docks, roll it down the ramp, into the boat, pay your fare for both you and the stone, but only a one-way ticket, right? Get a rope that is really strong, tie it around your waist, then have the captain take the boat out to sea, not the harbor, but the deep blue sea, and shove that millstone out of the boat. That's a lot of work. Jesus says that it would be better if you did that than cause somebody else to stumble in their walk with Jesus. Don't get in the way of somebody else following Jesus. Here, Jesus is speaking of our sins. And then Jesus speaks of an act of desperation. If your hand is what caused you to sin, you would cut it off. If it was your foot, you would lose it. It would be better for you to go to heaven maimed and crippled than to burn in hell with hands and feet intact. You would pluck out an eye, and who knows what else. If the return on the investment was high enough, we would ask for the anesthesia. We would hold it out, bite the bullet, and let the hatchet fall, whatever it took. Maybe some of you might recall in, in 2003, the boulder fell. It was colossal, easily hundreds of pounds, and it impossible for a 160-pound man named Aaron Ralston to lift off his crushed right hand. Reality quickly set in for Aaron. Uh, he, he was uh, living in Colorado, He was trapped in the Blue John Canyon. It is a remote slot canyon in Canyonlands National Park. He faced the biggest challenge in his adventure-packed life, his life to that point. Uh, Perhaps you remember um, even the movie or the book, um, 127 Hours. After six days, Ralston managed to break his arm, hike for miles, get rescued by a helicopter, and then write a New York Times best-selling memoir. And then that got turned into a movie. He was desperate, and he did what he felt he had to do in order to live. Am I that kind of desperate regarding my own sin? I think most of us, for most of us, Jesus' logic is alien. We're just not that desperate to get into heaven. Now, of course, if we were facing death, we might be, but we're not, so we're not desperate. Do we imagine that we have time, or worse, do we imagine that we do not really have to do much chopping to get into heaven? Do we tell ourselves that God would really like me because... I'm a pretty good person. Context is everything here. And this passage is one of the best examples of that principle. Jesus speaks of desperation. 
If the choice was between life and death, then in desperation we might cut off a hand or a foot or be willing to lose an eye. But that is not the choice. And Jesus knows it, and you and I do as well. I have known a few amputees in my life. They still sin. It is not the eye or the hand or the foot that causes me to sin. I do that. And there is no 12-step program, no therapy, no self-help process, even those based on the Bible, which will expel this old sinner who lurks in myself. I cannot cut him out of me because he is me. Jesus wants you and I to feel helpless. To feel that helplessness. It's the very essence of the childlike faith that he talked about last week and that he will talk about next week. You are that child, helpless before the power of your own sinful self. And you could not change even if you really wanted to. And that old stinker within uh, doesn't really want to change. When eternal death looms, uh, no act of will, no effort, no amount of chopping will make any difference. If we whittle uh, you down to the nubs, there is still that old sinner in you. But there is someone who makes a difference. You are that little one, remember? You, uh, that little one, that child that Jesus values. He has made you his own in the cool waters of baptism. And these words of Jesus are right in the middle of three predictions of his own death in Mark 8, 9, and 10. And if you dial it in a little closer, and you focus in a little closer, we hear Jesus speaking about children both last week and today. And we will hear children again next week. I encourage you to read these passages before and after this passage. Notice the value that Jesus places on them. They are precious to him. His justice is fierce on their behalf. He rewards the smallest act of kindness to them. And now you know that with these words, he has reduced you and I to a childlike helplessness before him, before sin. And Jesus is not trying to condemn you, not really. He wants you to see the danger that you are in and to hear his comfort. He dies for sinners like you and me. Not because you got everything right. He dies for sinners like you and me because that is what he does. He loves creation that much. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.